This is the Hashtag One Fear podcast, where the fear of the Lord and passion for Scripture guide us to truth. With so many options to decide what truth is, looking to God in Scripture can often be ignored, misapplied, or denied altogether. Hashtag One Fear exists to bring God in Scripture first in the pursuit of truth in a well-thought manner. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear podcast. Go for it. Come on. You could put pull noodles over them. I, <laughs> I can. <laughs> that was random. Well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're talking about how much noise that Raylan is making. I'm very passionate at the moment. Very passionate. Well, the topic that we're talk- we have today is going to be very passion-driven. Uh, we might get angry, too. <laughs> Fair warning. <laughs> Fair warning. Turn your volume down now. Uh, oh, yeah, Raylan, we have, uh, it, it might actually be fitting for this whole topic, too, but I made it, you know how I have music for transitions? Yes, are you okay. talking to me? Yeah, you. Oh, yes. Do you want to hear the latest one I created? No. Are you sure? I think you should. Here, I'll, let me put it in the in the file. You ready? Yes. Here it comes. It didn't do it. What do you think? Is this supposed to be for thinking or what? <laughs> this is a transition one. Sir, I don't know about this one. It, it but was, it, match, it, it matches. Was, it's going to match our topic. Match, I mean, it's it might match, match your the range. topic, but not <laughs> the vibe the of the podcast. <laughs> Did we only play that when Ray Lynn and her rage are present? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we can do that. <laughs> That's her theme song. Yeah. Hey, I have my own theme song. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the WWE or whatever, when they play the music as the wrestler comes into the ring. <laughs> so before we enter the topic, one of the things that was presented about how to handle refuting these things is to handle it with kindness and calmness because it's one of those things no because she said it's one of those things that if you don't they will accuse you of having a demonic yeah. spirit and yeah. be lashing out at them and you you're the one who's in the wrong for your reaction whoa wait yeah they accuse you of being a demon when you're mad of having so, having a demonic de- demonic 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 reaction to like anybody who's come up and opposed them because uh, god never they, gets angry yeah yeah so it's like it's one of I'm those i'm gonna refer everyone to their bible and then, you know, call it a day. <laughs> but then they can interpret that. So we didn't want. even say what, like, what the topic is, but we're going to, we're going to. We're going to have try, some fun today, folks. We're going to try to explore some different teachings and Bible translations that we've come across and uh, dialogue through them. It might kind of be all over the place. It, so it hang on. Yeah. This it's one was so... not really planned out. It just sort of fell on us well yeah and it was it's one of those topics that has been developing for like two days because you guys were texting each other back and forth especially raylan it it was like one o'clock in the morning and then she gets mad when i wake up at six and then text her back at like 6 30 she's like why are you waking well call it call it even (laughs) well it's more like 8 30 when i get the text because this nice little watch you bought me has that sleep mode so it oh, goes on do not disturb yeah about times. that we're gonna have to return that <laughs> okay that's fine 
<laughs> I still feel guilty about it. No, that's whenever you set random alarms on it. That she doesn't oh, know about. Oh, yeah. hey, yeah. Can okay. I see the watch for a second? <laughs> I want to see how the new that strap fits because it's a different strap than mine. Natalia! Natalia! <laughs> Luigi. And by the way, it's not Mario. It's Mario. Okay. So how about we get into the topic before <laughs> we get really far off? All right. So here we go. All right, so th this topic that we're going to be talking about, uh, I first want to get across, like we were, we started off with a little bit of joking, um, but it is something that to us, because we are so passionate about uh, the truth that is found in scripture and how easily it could be that uh, for people to misrepresent what scripture communicates, uh, that this is our passion. We want the truth to be communicated right. Um, so one of the things I've been working on, uh, studying in depth, the Beatitudes, and I wanted to share, uh, some of my notes that I took down on meek, all right, blessed are the meek. Meekness is power. It is knowing if I could read my own handwriting, <laughs> meekness is power. It is knowing what to be angry about for how long and how passionately and without losing self-control or hurting anyone, especially as one who is commanded to love, they, I believe all, will know us by our love for each other. Because I, I'm pretty sure Jesus said that himself. You know, that people are going to know us how, how we love our, each other. Christians loving Christians. So this topic, going into how people who profess to be Christians are taking scripture way, way, way out of context and then turn it around and say, well, you just don't believe the real Jesus. You know, they, they use those arguments right back in our face. And I think there's a, an element of apologetics that we need to be aware of when it comes to that. We're, we'll probably hit on that a little bit. What? It goes in line with... Um the Bible study I'm part of, but then like between our conversations, conversations with Raylan, uh, and just other conversations and um, things that we've been reading, the topic of what true love is and all of that has come up a lot. And one of the things we were talking about last night at Bible study was that, um, yes, Jesus is love and loving our neighbor is loving them as Jesus loved people. And I brought up the point where I said, we, everybody likes to bring up, well, Jesus forgave the woman caught in adultery. And then, you know, usually they're corrected with, well, yes, but then he said, go and sin no more. But I brought up the, if you want to take that as an example of love, Jesus's love was correcting her in her sin, forgiving her, but still saying, you're, what you're doing is wrong. I said, if he had done love the way that the world is telling us love is, he would have said, you go do you, honey. I have no right to tell you what you, what you should or shouldn't do. And so I was like, sometimes we don't even look at it in that form. They just want to say, well, he didn't, he didn't condemn her. So that was love. Yeah. I love spaghetti. You know, that's the kind of context that we make love into. Yeah. And uh, it really... Very wishy-washy. In the English language and in the worldly cultures, <laughs> that uh, love is defined in many, many different ways. But 
the love that we understand that it comes from Christ and we only know through Christ is that agape love where it is a sacrificial love, whereas you are laying your, your life down for, for a friend. You know, you're sa- the greatest example of love was... But that also the, came up. Yes. And, and, and it's going to be taken out of context very well, easily. I made, I made a note on it. So we're reading this book called In His Image by Jen Wilkin for this Bible study. And it's about all the communicable, communicable <laughs> attributes of God and the chapter we just discussed. I'm sorry. It just... My mind went somewhere. I what, apologize. Yeah. Go ahead. Was um, <laughs> God most loving. And one of the verses was that verse about laying down your life. But when you were reading, like when, when we were reading it in the context of it, it doesn't necessarily mean death. It means setting aside your preferences that you would want for another person's good. Yeah. So it's not always just, oh, look, I'm willing to die for you. But are you willing to, yeah. like, like how you say to me, well, I'm, I'm willing to live for you, though. But that actually yeah. means I'm going to set aside all of these things that I'm like, I want it this way. This is how things need to be done if I see, but this is what's best for you. Yeah. It reminds me of, once again, Inside Out. I don't know what, I think we've referenced that movie a bit, where her uh, her crush. I would, I would die for Riley. I would die for Riley. <laughs> I would die for I would die I would die for I would die for But Riley! <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, uh, we don't think about that context. It's as yeah. simple as putting aside your own self for yeah. someone else. And really what it comes down to is this is our culture, and we're trying to speak our culture into Scripture. And that's just not how it's supposed to go. And, and I've probably used this example before, too, I think, recently, uh, is that when you go to get your lottery ticket numbers and you open the newspapers to see what the numbers were, they match on your ticket, and you go to the sports section. And you look at a football or a sports team, like what was the score of the game? And those are the numbers. Yay, I won. Like you're going to be pretty disappointed <laughs> when, if you're uh, translating these things that way. And that's how we do that in with Scripture so easily. Uh, and I hope we don't repeat ourselves too much from previous episodes. But, but then again, it's, the Bible it's repeats all, itself. Yeah, it, it's all going to come... It's, it's all going to culminate to something, I know, at, at the, by the end of this episode. Uh, when it comes to interpreting Scripture, we first have to understand a certain theology. And when it comes to theology, we have to understand that people develop a theology based on how Scripture is interpreted. So it's kind of like going back and forth here. You know what I mean? Like you can't have theology without interpretation of scripture, but you can't have interpretation of scripture without some sort of a basis of in theology. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. And I'm going to say interpretation of scripture came first. It had to. So how did how did God communicate to these writers? How is he conveying this message to the readers? And how is he conveying it to us in the 20, 21st century? Now, when it and this is our issue with the, this whole topic, and this is why we're getting so heated, because there are certain uh, church groups that will say that they are the authority of interpreting Scripture. And that gets me so, uh, so angry. And, and that's why I brought up this whole thing about meekness, because 
honestly, if you don't get angry about something, then you probably don't have a heart. In a correct way, though. It, it, well, yeah, that's why I read it. Like, you, you can't lose your self-control. Uh, and and you have to do this in a loving way. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast. Uh, we're not... It might sound like we're attacking... But we're just yeah. we're trying to reveal truth, and it's kind of like a one-sided conversation because th these people that we're referring to are not present yeah. here right now. <laughs> and sometimes it can seem like things like this are a witch hunt, and they're not. Um, it's a lot of just re we're trying to reveal wrong teachings, which a person generally goes in line with the yeah. teaching. But this is not to we're not attacking them as people. We are bringing to light some dangerous and sad teachings that are out there and hopefully giving encouragement of maybe some places. If you like references resources other than the Bible, hopefully some of the other podcasts and books that we bring up, those are people that we have found to be legit. Yeah. Theologically yeah. sound, uh, trustworthy people. Yeah. All right. So the first thing, it is funny though that it came up twice from some like from two separate people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a, a, some sort of a version. So Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's was the devil wouldn't be attacking you so hard if there wasn't something valuable in you. Thieves don't break into empty houses. And then the other one was what's his head? What's his head? <laughs> Stephen what's his head? Stephen Verdict. The enemy uses the heaviest artillery on the people who are carrying the greatest purpose. And so if a lot is coming against you, that means God has put a lot in you. The enemy okay, my first thoughts are when he talks, I bet he spits a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which I can't say much because I, I do sometimes. So, <laughs> but, uh, so the version of, of what those quotes are from, the, from Stephen Furtick and Matthew McConaughey is that... All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Is that, you know, when the devil chooses or not chooses or doesn't need to bother uh, attacking someone. You know, the argument used to be God is doing this to me. And now it's like kind of turned around where people are kind of just like it's bad karma. And now it's like kind of transitioned into, well, the reason why bad things are happening to you is because God has such a huge, great and wonderful plan uh, that that you can have awakened in your in your soul and and do great things in the world and I just want to I just want to make this clear that if you're gonna do something great in the world it's gonna be hard anyway <laughs> like I don't I don't see where the the devil has much uh, play like it's already hard yeah he might try to make things harder but I, like. I don't know. There, there's just, a, it's only like a half truth that I see from these types of quotes. Well, yeah, because like my response was that as Christians were told, there was no, only you, you Christians who get extra persecution have all the purpose. It was, yeah. if you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have hard times. You're going to be sick. You're going to be injured. And I mean, I think sometimes. There are people that maybe it seems like you're just hitting more and more roadblocks depending on what it is you're going through. But I don't I don't well, believe it's like, that it's scriptural to say, oh, it's because you have the most purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, because you're going through a certain situation, uh, you're dealing with something, whether it's 
you know, and we can even flip it around like, oh, because you, you have things going right in your life, then that means God is blessing you. Or like what they're saying, because hard things are happening, that means God has a really good purpose for, for you and the devil's trying to stop you. The truth is, either way doesn't make you any more righteous or less righteous. You know what I mean? Like yeah. y- your righteousness is not based off of the kind of situation that you are in. Your righteousness that it only comes from God is only based off of how God is making you righteous. And the only thing that stops you from becoming more righteous is not your situation, it's yourself. You know, if we are not going to pursue after Christ, and if we are not going to allow ourselves to to, I guess, be discipled by Christ <laughs> in a way. Um, if we're not going to, going to allow God to do something in our lives, then no, we're not going to come out the other side as more righteous or more holy or whatever. We're going to come out the other side with this situation that we had to deal with. You know, it doesn't make us any any different. I would say if if the level of what is coming against us shows our purpose, we have a pretty darn deep purpose over the past 10 years. <laughs> I like what we're doing. Go ahead. You can clap those little hands. <laughs> Thank you. Little, I honestly don't remember why hands. I was so heated about it, but it just had me like, well, you I, know it was what? It's just one of those moments where I was like, why? Why? Uh, well, let's, let's get into that. Let's dissect that. Why would we get upset about anything? It's important to us. Well, it's important That's to us. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, it's important. Why Why else would we get upset? Because I'm crabby. Okay, I don't know. Because you're crabby. Okay. Yeah. Just like naturally. Yes. You know, somebody pulls out in front of you and it's like, oh, that's, really? That's just my natural road rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recalling all those trips to Creation Fest <laughs> with you. Right, let's put like, out the documentary from which year was it? Whenever you caught me screaming, but you don't have me. Yeah. Like, you don't see me. You just hear me yelling. Yeah. I don't know if I ever kept that in. But anyway. You did. I, a, did I leave it in? Yes. I do remember the one year I kept bleeping you out when you weren't even cussing or anything like that. I think it was the year before that one. Was I think it? that was the year with all the floaties. Yeah. Oh, because Switchfoot's float. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, back on topic. <laughs> when, when we get angry, it's because, hey, there, there's something that maybe we like things in a certain way. Like, I like not hearing it. Like earlier today. I was like, I'm done with the random, sudden, loud bangs that are right behind me or right like in the other room. And I'm thinking, are they okay? And I, like 99% of the time, they're okay. But it's just because that's where my heart is. Like, are the kids okay? Like, I don't need, I'm getting older. I don't need sudden, loud noise. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have certain preferences. Also, if somebody does something to you that is hurtful. Or it could have hurt you, you know, like pulling out in front of traffic or saying something that is inappropriate. But then there's that little, uh, that there's that other side of this passion called anger is that we get angry because of something that we are passionate about, that we, we love. I mean, for example, if someone ever did something or said something about my wife or kids, yeah, that would get me angry. I'd be like... Jesus loves them. I'd be like, oh, Jesus loves them so much. <laughs> they might meet him quick. <laughs> All right, but 
from uh, the, just the background from the, the field that I work in and everything, I, I learn these kind of things when it comes to anger. And usually the top reasons why we do get angry is because we're hurt, we're afraid, or we're frustrated. And I think when it comes to this topic, it's, I think it's really all three. Yeah. I, I'm hurt because the church who, claim, who claims to be the church and claims to be Christians are doing something that is promoting a Jesus that's not the real Jesus that's found in Scripture. And I'm afraid because people are following that. And it's, it's, a false, it's a false gospel, and it is a, a false teaching uh, that has, you know, and this is nothing new either. This is all in, in Scripture. Look at Second uh, Peter and Jude. Look at First and Second Timothy and Titus. Uh, look at what happened to the churches in Revelation uh, in, in uh, the, the beginning chapters there. How many times Jesus called out the religious leaders that they were doing these kind of things. So this is not new. So it is something that, yeah, it's been carried on and on and on, and it's got to stop. And it, it's, it's frightening how easily people can get sucked into it. And it's frustrating because it doesn't need to be. You know, if we want people to feel, like, for example, like if we want people to just feel so good about themselves, they don't need this washed down, different version of who Jesus is because he's more tamed that way because in all reality this the Jesus of the Bible is not tame and like C.S. Lewis wrote he's not a, he's not a tame line he's not a safe line, he's not a safe line but he's good. good and there's a reason why he's good and if we if we erase and change and twist and churn uh, uh, these certain aspects of Jesus to make it look like it's more pleasant and more pleasing we're not doing anyone a favor, and we are definitely, like, I, I, I can only guess what Jesus would say. You know, how, how would you feel if somebody was misrepresenting you, you know? I think the reason I get so mad with these false teacher things is after our second Peter study, like, after hearing the wording in it, and just how, like, they describe yeah. the punishments and all that. I just, it makes me so mad. Like, people can, because it, like, I would have never thought about it before. But now, after like reading Second Peter and understanding that, I'm like, no, like, stop doing it now. Like, stop. Yeah. It's definitely getting toned down. And, uh, well, some parts it. are getting toned down while other things are getting bolstered up. Yeah. And that was another part of the Bible study that was written in the love section is that when you elevate God's love, above all of his other attributes, that's just as bad because you're saying this attribute of God is better than all of his other ones. Yeah. When like God is still all of these other things. He's still um, just and good and you fill in the blank, but we want to say, but let's just look at his love. His other ones, they're not really as big. Yeah. And his grace, that's another big one. I think I brought this up before that I've heard it taught where uh, grace means that you will not be judged. And it's very clear in Scripture that everyone, believers and non-believers, are going to be before Christ and be judged. There's going to be many judgments, <laughs> very many types. And also, um, I, I wonder, any, 
any person out there that loves someone, seeing them go in the direction that is hurtful if they wouldn't stop them. That takes an element of making a judgment. You know, like, so there, there's many different types of judgment. And yeah, some of them are bad. I, I'm not saying that it, do, it doesn't happen the wrong way. And now, a permission to think moment. This week, based out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, we are going to think about things that are excellent. Now, first, the things that are excellent are the things that are recognized as having a quality of greatness or emitting a quality of goodness and or graciousness. The only other place that this word shows up in the New Testament is in three other verses. 2 Peter 1.3 reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And in 2 Peter 1.5 and following, For this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And of course that list continues on. When is the last time that you told someone they did a good job? Think about the impact such statements make on someone, and even going as far as telling them they did excellent. If these things are not said, especially in a young mind, what is being communicated then is that they are not good enough at that particular something. Because of that, maybe they give up on that something. It is disheartening if we are not told we had been able to excel all along. The last verse that this word shows up is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Here it's translated as the word praises. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now what about telling God how excellent he is or how excellent he did something? Isn't that what worship is? We worship in response to that quality of goodness that emits from God. This week, who can you tell that needs to hear that they are doing more than good? Maybe someone at your place of employment needs to hear they're doing an excellent job. Or maybe a friend needs to know how excellent a friend they are to you. Or a parent. Maybe they need to hear that they are that excellent parent. Also, just throwing this out there, you are excellent too. Also, worship the Lord in telling him the excellence that he is. Make a bold declaration of every excellent thing belonging to the Lord. So this week, think of things that are excellent. All right, so if you are not driving in a car, uh, go ahead or or a motorcycle or, you know, if, if you're, you're not, not on the road. operating a vehicle and, of some or, kind. Or any heavy farm equipment. <laughs> uh, take out your Bible and open up to James chapter 5, verse 16. Hang on, I threw my phone. Uh, I have it right here. I want, it here. I want it in front of me. You want it in front? Okay, fine. Be that way. All right, uh, and while, she's, while Raylan's getting her phone... Uh, you guys can go on to BibleGateway.com. I think this is one of those sites along with uh, Bible Hub that is used a lot and uh, U, U version, right? Yes. Right? Is that the more popular Bible yeah. app? Yeah. Yes. And uh, I used I, I use very often uh, Accordance on my phone and iPad. But uh, anyway, so you can go on there and bring up like a parallel scripture thing. And if you want to do that, look up uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, and turn it to the Passion Translation. And in the other one, whatever one you want, I'm going to use the new inter uh, the uh, NIV. 
All right, so the the NIV reads this, all right, of James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is both is uh, powerful and effective. All right, so now, that was the NIV. Here's the Passion Translation. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. It's a little different, huh? <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to dissect this if you guys are ready. All right. So here comes my passion a little bit. Okay. <laughs> now the word in the NIV, uh, the word sins, therefore confess your sins. That word in the Greek is hamartia, hamartia. Okay. And that is like a, a general word for the word sin. All right. It's, it is an offense. And what is in an offense? of or against who, it is an offense against going, uh, going contrary to the character of God and how God has uh, designed his creation. All right? it, it goes against everything that God would have in store for humanity, okay? And it, it is offensive to God, yeah, it, obviously. It is... Because of sin, there is a penalty, all right? There is an offense. There's consequences that go along with it. So the effects of sin, Scripture uh, states that it's death. To remedy that, Christ has sent his son as that sacrifice to take on uh, sin and death. And that was concluded on the, on, uh, on the cross. Yes, sin still happens today. But there's a reason why James can, uh, keeps on going and talks about uh, what the righteous person, I guess, develops. Uh, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I mentioned earlier, God is the one that does the righteous making. All right, so this word sins uh, is, in the Passion Translation, is translated as offended. Now, confess and acknowledge how you offended one another. Now, do you see how it's completely turned around? Sin is an assault against God, where the Passion Translation has turned it into you offending other people. Now, obviously, sin could do that, but the ultimate offense is this attack on who God is and on God himself. The Passion Translation turns it around and says, you know, we have to love each other. We have to be graceful with each other and we have to be understanding. So if you have offended somebody, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another. And then he goes on and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Now, I'm going to throw that out there that just because you pray a certain way and just because you confess and acknowledge an offense whether it's to a human or to God, does not mean that you are going to be instantly healed. And if you are not instantly healed, this is where the abuse comes in. And this is, this is religious abuse, that if you didn't get healed, 
then you must not be holy enough. You must not be righteous enough. So therefore, you're just not fitting in here. You're too much of a sinner. And I can't stand that message. Mm -hmm. It's hurtful. Like, take people that, that are struggling and wrestling with certain addictions and they go to a, a group of people saying that they love Jesus and they accept other, other people no matter what the circumstances are and they love them. And they just, you know, they do good every once in a while, but sometimes people fall off, that, uh, off the, uh, the wagon and they mess up. And what, yes, what they do need is more grace and more mercy and more forgiveness. But that does not mean that we can make that judgment and say that they are destined to never be instantly healed. It is not our place to say that. It is not the place of how we translate scripture to state that that is true or not. That is only from God. Now, can God instantly heal you? Yes, absolutely. But can God still not heal you and still have great reason and purpose for whatever the reason is? You know, I, I mean, I, I think of Danielle and I, we... we had uh, two miscarriages, and I'm thinking, why didn't you know? Why didn't God just do something about this? You know, what is this? What is the purpose of all this? It, it, it was just I, my mind was gone, my heart was broken, my soul was shattered. Like, how do you deal with that kind of thing? And you look at scripture like this, really? It, it's probably because I'm such a horrible sinner. We must have done something. We wrong. did something horrible, but really. No matter their circumstances, we discovered God can do amazing things. So if you hear that message, don't give up. Because whether or not you get healed has nothing against how God can still make an impact in your life through, through your circumstances. I look at how, like I look back at how many people we've reached and touched because of the, of the things that we've gone through both the miscarriages and uh, different church hurt and different uh, financial issues that we've had in the past. Like we have been able to talk to people about things and I would never, ever give that up. Because what does that do? That praises God because God can still do amazing things despite our circumstances, despite the thorns in our flesh as uh, Paul had written. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm preaching. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, do you guys have something before I keep going? Uh, no, you got this. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just go. Okay. All right. So the NIV says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. All right. Now I love how this is so I think the translation for the pa the passion translation has made it more colorful and more attractive. It's it's sexier, <laughs> if you if you will. All right, uh, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Now, first of all, he changes godly from righteous. Righteous uh, is a completely different word in Greek than it is for godly. All right, hang on. Let me actually pull it up real quick, uh, the Greek word for godly. All right, so godly, uh, and this is from Second Peter 9. If, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly 
from trials to hold the un- and and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. All right, the word godly is eusebius. All right, reverent, pious, devout, religious, and that is a different word than righteous. So he just, you know what? I'm just going to pick and choose what is a better word to fit what I'm trying to get across. You see what I see? What's happening here with, with that word, yeah. especially? All right. So now with the colorful language to make it more appealing, because apparently the uh, scripture needs help <laughs> all on its own. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's the NIV. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. All right, so it, I need to I need to get my acting on here because if I don't come across as passionate, tremendously passionate, then I'm not going to do my part. All right, so the prayers of a righteous person are both powerful and effective. Now I'm going to pull up real quick. Ooh, wrong button. Uh, James five sixteen. All right, and the word powerful is a combination of two words: great in magnitude or quantity, much or large. And uh, also in time. Okay. And the word effective, uh, a measurement, a measurement of time, I should say, uh, energio is to put into operation to effect. All right. So how is this, what kind of a prayer is actually happening in James then that it, what, it, what constitutes as powerful and effective? So almost sounds like the intentional prayer, I don't know if, like not the, I'm going to just take a walk and flippantly throw this out there. Oh, yeah, I said I'd pray for this person. Here's my prayer. Mm-hmm. The end. Um, which I don't, I'm, whether or not I'm right, I don't know. I'm just, that's just kind of how it sounds to me. Like there's power, there's purpose yeah. and passion behind what you're presenting to God versus, eh, here, I should it's, probably do this. Yeah, it's definitely not a flippant thing where, yeah, I did my duty. No, it's like y- you are putting a passion into it. Like we were talking about, if you don't have a passion, uh, that, you know, if something, uh, <laughs> if something goes against that and you're not upset about it or angry, then are you really passionate <laughs> about so it? so many things I'm passionate about. It hurts. Yeah. I need to stop. And you're only a little bit of Italian. Anyway. <laughs> it's the Irish. It's the Irish. It's the fighting Irish. <laughs> All right, so I mean, if it's if it's going to be powerful and effective, there's got to be purpose in it. I don't think Jesus ever said or did anything without a purposeful reason. In two things: to glorify God and to point others to God. I mean, if we're gonna just, yeah, I did my prayer. We might as well just say, yeah, I I sent them happy thoughts. Good vibes your way. I don't want your good vibes. I don't even know what that means. I mean, any vibrations that come from certain people, it might be flagellants. What do your vibes do to me? All right, so I wanted to bring up... um, All right, so James 5, 19 and 20. This is the NIV. 
My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Now, the TPT translation. The TPT version reads this way. Finally, as members of God's beloved family, we must go after the one who wanders from the truth and bring him back. For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God from the error of his way gives back to his soul life from the dead and covers over countless sins by their demonstration of love. So that last part, by their demonstration of love, that was not in the Bible. The Bible. Uh, and in fact, it's italicized to identify that it actually was not in the manuscript. Uh, certain translations of the Bible where there are words in brackets. Yeah. But the reason that they're in brackets is not because the translators thought, you know, this is going to help the reader understand the text better. It's more of a very, a more of a guesstimation as to that part of that manuscript was damaged or missing or something. So within that context, that's what they add. Okay, so like in the Old Testament especially, there there are certain things that are in brackets where if you read it without it, yeah, you're gonna, it's kind of like not going to make sense. So they will put that in brackets for, you, for the reader to understand that that portion was maybe damaged or missing. Um, now that's usually for uh, translations of the Bible that use a certain codex, uh, certain manuscripts that, are, that have not been completed and kind of combined with other ones as well. Now, there are other translations of the Bible. There's the Amplified that uses that, brackets to give you the definition. Well, that's, that's different than what I'm get, going with here. Um, yeah, they, they'll define the word in, in different brackets. But uh, that's, in, that's in there for the reader's benefit to understand that those portions may have been uh, damaged. It doesn't take away from the message being conveyed or anything like that from the original text. It's just there simply to help the reader understand that that was the situation. What the translator of... Who, who was it that translated this? I don't know. Some guy. It, it, just that um, one guy? <laughs> and it was one guy. The thing with translations of all the, other, uh, all the other ones is that there have been groups of them. His name is Brian. Brian. He was on the mission field. He did some linguistic and Bible translation stuff in a different country. But like he's still the one who, yeah, did it wasn't like with a, a team pulling stuff apart. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, what's happening here with the TPT is that they're adding things that are actually not there and haven't been there. Where the other examples is that they had been there and they just have been damaged or missing, you know, ripped off of the papyrus paper or whatever it might have been. And it had been there. And it's the translators and the, the scholars, the theologians, all that, uh, that look into the best possible way that that is. And it's honest. You know, I'd rather read a Bible that lets me know, hey, that word was missing in the manuscript because of, because of uh, water damage or whatever, whatever it might have been. All right. And also these translations are from groups of people. For example, the Septuagint, the 
Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, okay? Septuagint, the abbreviation is LXX, and it's gotten that name uh, because of the, the legend goes that there was 70, perhaps maybe even 72 people that translated it from the Hebrew to the Greek. So it was a group of per- people to, hey, what do you think about this one? What about this word? What about this phrase? What, what do you think is uh, supposed to be being communicated here? Uh, okay, so we'll use that Greek word instead of this Greek word. That's what they did. They consulted with each other. Here in the TPT, it's just one guy. And he's adding these different words that are actually not even in Scripture, claiming that it's there because it's in, it's in other places in Scripture. We'll leave it there in, in other places in Scripture. They say it's not in the original transcripts, but that they've put it there because it conveys the meaning. I think one of the things that turns me off about that is like it almost has that sound of they have the key of unlocking God's passion. Yeah. The Bible needed help. Like these, the, 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 all the individuals that pen these things down, they needed help. We also have people now that are far less educated. Um, you know, maybe they dabble in the Hebrew, dabble yeah. in the Greek, but like. And with so much access to get educated. Yeah. And yet we don't. Well, and I know that we take using like Greek and Hebrew very seriously, which you should because you can't take what we read a word to be, to be yeah. that. That's how it is. But like, so I don't know if people know who William Tyndale is. Here's the geek in me. I love history. His I love William amazing. Tyndale. Yeah. Um, he is the one who started the translation into English of the King James Version when he was burned at the stake for doing so. Um, but like reading about him... He could speak seven languages and was proficient in ancient Hebrew and Greek. We need more people that are that kind of dedicated to making sure that the work that they're doing is efficient. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think, you know, it's people like him. And I mean, his last words were, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. I don't, and I, and I, so like I think my encouragement from all of this I don't know if we're at the takeaway part yet but I'm I'm going there. Yeah, we've been going almost an hour. Okay. So so I'm going yeah. there. Is that like I said? Sometimes it could sound like we're beating down people or whacking people over the head and being super religious and only read this, only read that. It's more that the Bible's living, breathing Word of God that we're not to add to or take away from, and it'd be too easy to say. It's not that big of a deal. It's only a couple word difference. We get the gist. But the thing is, you can get the gist to the point where you are gisted out of what the actual Bible means. Um, It doesn't take... I'm going to step on toes probably. But like, okay, we could point and say that Mormons or... um, Jehovah's Jehovah's Witnesses. It's easy for Christians who are in their Bible to say, well... Yeah, of course, some of the stuff they teach is wrong. But then you start, when you start allowing, like the little things, or not really realizing what the Bible actually says, those false teachings are like, they're no less false than being a Mormon. Like, a false teaching is a false teaching. And if it leads you to a Christ that is not the Christ of the Bible, it's a false teaching. That's yep. my takeaway. <laughs>
All right. Do you have a takeaway? Read your Bible, please. Just open it. The, the good translation. Dan Ivey. Or the Nasby is good. Whatever he said. Yeah, that. It, it's like, we're not saying you have to learn Greek and Hebrew, although that would be very beneficial. Because um, I don't know Greek or Hebrew, so just disclaimer. <laughs> I found I, my new hobby. I do. I'm just saying that because just in case any of my professors are listening to <laughs> You no, I'm just had I, enough I, lessons yeah, in it I've, to... I understand it. I just, I'm not left-handed. <laughs> no, like... Yeah, we're not we're not saying you need to absolutely learn Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic or anything like that. It's just take the effort and read read the Bible for yourself. And, got it. I got my takeaway. Oh, you have one? Yes, I got Go it. Ahead. Don't be scared to challenge like the people teaching you. Like be able to ask questions. Don't be scared to think. Yeah. And, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And disclaimer, they may not like you for it. But if they didn't like you anyway for mm-hmm. that, they probably don't like you anyway. So. Exactly. And it means they're probably not that great of a teacher if they're not going to be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. I I forget what professor it was that I had in uh, Valley Forge, but just asking that question. And even though we didn't agree, he applauded me like, hey, you're looking into it. Like, it, it, how about this too for a takeaway? Don't just read your Bible read people, read things or, or look into things, especially with certain topics from people that are not getting their reason for how they live from the Bible. You know, like you don't have to read just the Bible. You should look at what, how people are going against it and really know how to tell the difference. Uh, because when it comes to different translations like this, there's this erasure is if that's a word um that you know let's just erase sin from the bible so the gospel sounds better you know and and that's that's what i get from verses like this and i'm sure that they're not doing that intentionally but really like i was saying earlier you don't need to to make the bible more colorful you know the the original story it's colorful enough. It's colorful enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you mentioned using the accordance, and I would say like things like that. that yeah, Bible Hub is great. They're they're great for that fact that yeah, most of us aren't walking around proficiently speaking Greek and Hebrew in, in the ancient form, especially. But those will be the things that can really help you look and see this is what that word actually conveys. Yeah. It's amazing how one little 10-second video sparked this call. Doesn't it always? Or, you know, the two-minute Don't even. Don't even bring it up. I'm heated enough as it is. Somebody brought that up with me the other day at work. I forget who it was. It was Coral, I think. I was like, don't get me started. So, you know John Fox, who wrote, like, the Fox's Book of Martyrs? Like, it came before, like, the DC Talk Book of Martyrs. Um, (laughs) He actually, like... According to what I read, yeah, he witnessed Tyndale saying those words. Oh, and okay. the original publish of Fox's Book of Martyrs was 1563. Yeah. Wow. And Tyndale was martyred in 1536. Yeah. He was 42. So he worked on the King James, 
or was it the American yeah. standard? No, he the was, English standard. I he mean. was working on the King James, I believe, okay. New Testament. Yeah. And he was, they they didn't like it, so he was tricked and delivered into the hands of soldiers, tried as a heretic, strangled and burned. Yeah. Intense times, and yet we're afraid to say something that might offend somebody else. <gasps> because we'll get canceled on social media. I don't really want the people in this world to like me all that much half the time. <laughs> well, I don't think most people know us. <laughs> no, but I think what I mean by that is like, yeah. I'm going to speak the truth. And we also talked about this, was that sometimes, yes, you can be unloving. But if somebody does not want to hear the truth, no matter how you say it, will be unloving. Yeah. Even if they don't know you. Yeah. Like, it could be Mother Teresa. If she says something that you don't like, then, yeah. you know. <laughs> we were, like, we were laughing because we were talking about the example, one of the ladies there who was, like, you know, she said, my husband is actually amazing at being very loving to me in the fact that he'll point things out of, like, either things that I'm doing or things like this isn't good for you. She goes, and I'll be spitting mad at him in the moment and be like, you don't care about me. I'm like, she's like, you know, have my emotional meltdown, you know, give it a little bit of time where I can look back and go, Oh, he really did have my best in mind. Yeah. But like in that moment, she knows her husband loves her, but she didn't want to hear it. So therefore it was not loving. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I mean. It's like, yes, I mean, obviously, I want to have friends. I'm not out to make enemies, but I'm also not going to let whether or not somebody's going to like what I say or like me if I have to speak truth that is good for them. I'm not saying I'm not always good at it. I want to be that person that does speak it in love and that if it's not to be that they continue being my friend, that I can walk away and say I did what I knew I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant by, like, I don't really want people to like me. Well, if it's all these people shouting all these hateful things anyway, like, well, you already don't like me, so I might as well keep speaking the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it was you that said uh, that I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't love you. Yeah. I'd be letting you just burn in your own little hole. <laughs> Sorry. Is that extreme? <laughs> A little bit. But that's why we love you. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you love me. Many others don't. It's okay. I fear Danielle because of her love. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm not afraid of her. Yes, you are. Don't even lie. There's a little pee dripping down your leg. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't think he is. There's times that I really wish he was. You're living life on the edge, aren't you there, bud? Well, she's the same way. She's not afraid of me. Danielle's not scared of anything other than the Lord. Let's be honest here. Speak the truth. That's a different podcast. Sometimes. <laughs> Only one will make it out alive. When, when? When I'm doing something stupid? Wait, wait. <laughs> that could hurt myself. That she's scared of you? Yeah. That's scared for you. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Mm, probably more like... I don't know if scared is the right word. Paranoid about how you'll react. Oh, boy. You might like, want to take get this upset, out of the Get part. angry. Because yes. yeah. half the time, it's not that I'm like afraid of your anger. It's more that I get really annoyed it. by it, and I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. So there's times I'm like, oh, she's great. Like, is this thing I did going to really take him off and ruin the mood up. for everything? Just suck it up. 
<laughs> that's where, that's more, yeah. <laughs> Your hair. Yes. You got a Buffy going on there, honey. <laughs> the new style. Yeah. All right. So let's we should finish. wrap it up. Ready? All right. So thank you very much for listening to uh, this episode of our podcast. Thank you. Uh, we apologize, first of all, if we just got too passionate. I do not apologize. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if there is such a thing as too passionate. Well, there is. If it gets really... to that point where if it's like flipping uh, tables. No, like it, if it's too passionate, like okay, you're just being creepy. <laughs> That's not passion anymore. <laughs> or if it turns you off from listening to what we say. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, you can hear our heart behind our passion. Yeah. Know that we care. Yeah. So, as we close up, uh, li- uh, visit our website. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, email us any comments, questions, or concerns at contact at onefear.net. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Go on to Anchor and give us some messages or whatever that is. <laughs> Go ahead and send that to us. Uh, and again, we would love to hear from you. I, earlier today, I looked at Anchor, like the different stats and stuff, and we have a new listener from Australia. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome the land down under. And we have one from Germany, too. Oh, hello okay. to you, too. Yeah. You're probably my relative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe very distantly. Uh, 23 and me. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening. And per the usual, live, live such good, good lives. lives. Hey, that's the first time we actually did that. Though.